Welcome to the Good Rookies Podcast. My name is Fahim. And my name is Nellie J, y'all. And we are Good Rookies. That's right. What's going on, everybody? Happy Good Tuesday. And guess what? It's episode 57. 57. <laughs> five seven y'all okay so y'all we're so excited you know we always bring you the hottest topics in sports and culture and this week will be no different fahim please introduce who we got all right so we have a return guest once again it's always great to have people who've been with us before coming back uh, dropping more jewels uh, we'll definitely be able to cover a lot more once we get to the podcast but let's welcome sherard ward to the podcast today like yeah what are you like um are you lebron that, 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 what? Hey, yeah, <laughs> give me all that energy all that energy yeah. oh my gosh Gerard, how are you the love no problem well i know your kids went to school first day of school they're out mm -hmm. the house and daycare as a parent how does it feel to get them out the house <laughs> Oh man, I gotta figure out what version to give if to give the the PG version. <laughs> uh, but you know, me and some of the parents in my neighborhood have kind of been doing that kick motion about getting them. You know, I love you, honey, and then you kind of take your foot and just shove them like go to your teeth. <laughs> it, it's it's honestly been a pretty long year for parents during the pandemic and you know virtual schooling and all of that. So we're we're pretty happy to to have the kids out the house. Of course, you love your kids. You're gonna miss them and all of that. But you know, they're they're the kids themselves are super stoked and excited to to be back in school and you know away mm. from home. So yeah, it's it's a it's a good first day. Good to be back and you know, uh, kind of resetting or having a little bit more structure at home. Well, that's amazing. And you know, speaking of home, being in Toronto, that's the stuff today. So today's when Toronto schools go back to school. I saw a statement that LeBron made about DeMar DeRozan, how his jersey should be retired. So my question for you, Sherrard, who should get their jersey retired first? Because you're a Toronto man. Should it be Vince Carter or DeMar? Just give me a name and why. <laughs> I, guys, I just stumped okay, Raheem and Sherrard. Yeah, they don't know who to pick. Yeah, Look at your faces. It's tough. <laughs> it's tough. It's tough. And I, I think it's tough because it's, it's that decision between one or the other in my opinion both should eventually yes they have both but who should have it first retired first raptor I, I i would go with vince first and and that's honestly only because i think where toronto's concerned i still don't believe vince has gotten his just due you know and that, that's within context of sports right like vince has been very impactful for our city a lot of the players in the nba now coming out of Canada, you know, they give a lot of credit to Vince, but, you know, as a city and the whole departure and all of that, like, I don't think we've ever, you know, like we've had that, that moment where we celebrated him and had that tribute and all of that. But I, I think we need to take it a step further, hang that Jersey up and, and show Vince the love. I think he truly deserves from our city. I'm riding. I'm with him on that. I was actually, I was really thinking, um, you know, Kyle, Damar, Vince, well worthy of being uh, honored in the rafters, right? But um, it just feels right. Like if Vince Carter was the first to get it up in the ACC slash 
Scotia Bank, whatever we're calling it. Um, I can't see anyone complaining about like I just can't see that being an issue because he is a Hall of Famer or he's going sorry he's not officially he's going to be a Hall of Famer um he's the first one in and he set the foundation for all these guys who came after um I'm with Vince I'm going with Vince well, good question though it's a sweep y'all I'm going Vince too period mm. but what they both said yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> I shall so again to some hot topics for him. All right, well, actually, let's keep it on uh, jerseys and the rafters. Uh, the Memphis Grizzlies are retiring their first ever in the rafters, and it's going to be two of them. It's going to be Zach Randolph and Tony Allen, uh, both being honored by the Memphis Grizzlies, uh, having their jersey retired. Um, what's your thoughts on this? Um, where'd you go first? <laughs> I'll go first. Okay, you know the this this question honestly is is a pretty dope question in context of sports, right? Like you think about you know the the Tom Brady's, Michael Jordan's, Kobe Bryant's, like these big names that you know are solidified, right? Like they're up in the rafters, no doubt, right? But the the dope part that I got from this is you don't have to be a winner in terms of a champion to have value and impact to the game that you play and what you do like you can still gain that recognition and this is beyond well deserved from memphis to these two guys and i mean like when you think about memphis you really do remember zebo and and what he's done and tony allen like i mean if if kobe bryant is going to talk about you the way kobe talks about tony allen your jersey should be up somewhere. Like, you know, you've, you've had impact on the game. You've had – and it's – and again, I, I'm hearkening back to this point about winning championships because, yes, we all play to win. That's the ultimate goal. But if you've done something and you've been impactful, that recognition, especially from the city that you've played in for so many years and given it all, all, all it's due, I think these are the moments that shine the best. Like, hang it up for these guys. It's well-deserved. How about you, Nellie J? I, I got to disagree. I like them. They're great. But I think of like a jersey being retired as someone who did win. That's just my theory of it. <laughs> so that's just how I feel. Like, again, I'm not knocking them. To me, like, give them a freaking plaque. Put like a mm -hmm. um, name a seat after them. I don't know. Give them a poster. Give them a wall that has a thank you letter. But a rafter jersey? I don't, okay, but I, I, so to me, like I think you can still show tribute and be thankful to them in a, in a different way. You don't have to. I think like that should be for legends and not just for we like you. You're such a good guy. Like you meant a lot to us. Thank you for your time. Like that's just how I feel personally. So I'm not knocking them. I do like both players. I think they're great. Um, they were great in their at, at that time. Not greatest, but you know, like they were good at their time. But um, I'm just. I, I I'm maybe maybe if I was a Memphis fan, I, I I would care more, but I don't really care to be honest. If they, but for me, I wouldn't hang their jerseys up in the rafter. All right, so Memphis they started their franchise in Vancouver, and mm -hmm. uh, when they're in Vancouver, there's really no one. Like maybe their best player might be Sharif Abdul Rahim, maybe mm -hmm. I would say. Um, big big yeah. country, Brian Reeves. Big country. Oh, okay. So there's a big gap between Abdul Rahim 
in big country. Like, <laughs> so hold up. So, so should they hang up big country jersey in the rafter? Uh, no, I'm saying actually they shouldn't hang up nobody from Vancouver, uh, which makes this interesting because their first people that they're hanging up is in Memphis, the relocation. And in the relocation, uh, Randolph and Allen might be their most kind of t- like Mark Gasol, interestingly enough, play there enough years. And if you're going to retire someone, maybe Mark Gasol might be the one because he's reached highest heights and led the team. But I do understand what Memphis' dilemma is. It's kind of what we're in the dilemma of Toronto, where we have people, and it's a matter of what order. I have a feeling, um, you know, Zach Randolph and Tony Allen represent that whole gritty Memphis brand that they carry. Yeah. So I kind of rate the fact that their first ones they're going with are not, you know, Hall of Famers, but they're keeping it. Uh, it's a good foundation for the team to say, you know what? Even if you come to Memphis and you play here and you establish yourself in Memphis, we will reward you with that. And I think that's great that you don't have to be a superstar to be recognized. Go ahead, Nelly. What what you're saying is that thank you for coming and playing with our team. (laughs) Um, Thank you so much. Thank you so much for playing with us. We're going to hang your jersey in the rafter. Is that part of like they're like, if we sign with them now and you're a star, like you get an automatic rafter hang? I just think that you can still honor these players. with Having a jersey rafter is like, like for example, like, the hybrid jersey um, hang in, in the Leafs stadium, you be, you better win a Stanley Cup. You know what I'm saying? Like, so for me, I, I just yeah. think that I'm not saying don't. I, all I'm saying is that for me, that is like a this person is an actual legend of the city and the and the team. And I just don't know. Like this, they had an era, but I just think being nice to us and wanting to play with us for so long th- th- doesn't mean you get a jersey rafter. Like, Bosch is going to get one. And I, I like Bosch. He won't get one. You know what I'm saying? So I think there's levels to this, but maybe because it's Memphis and they got nothing else to hang, maybe they're going to hang theirs. But I don't know, man. I, I, I Again, I'm not trying to like, dog on these players. I'm just saying, to me, jersey rafter hanging is someone that is solidified. Even my, fine, get them to like the finals of the NBA or something. You know what I mean? I don't know. No, I don't know. Like, I I want to put some context within all of it. And, mm-hmm. and Janelle, you're not wrong, right? Like, like you know, you, you're, you're kind of looking at this in terms of, like, you know, giving out ribbons to kids and that kind of thing. But this ribbon is an actual something very substantial, and it's, it's, it's a big deal. But you're just kind of giving it out for them because they participated and they helped the team for, you know, for some years or whatever. But I think... I think the context I want to put around this is is in sports in general, not just the NBA, there's a lot of players that come through the league um, and span generations and span however many years that they played in the league, et cetera, et cetera. And they kind of come and go, right? Like if you're not a Hall of Famer, no one's really talking about you. You kind of become forgotten and you you move on, right? But I think what Memphis is trying to say, and I feel like they're making a statement like, okay, great. My guys, like, we didn't win championships with these guys. We didn't, you know, get to the finals, like you said, et cetera. But at a piece of time, when these guys were playing together on this team, they had an impact on the NBA. And the teams who were winning championships that had to go through Memphis had a very tough time doing it. And, you know, this is a nod to, to your career, to your legacy, to your impact on basketball, that you're going to be remembered 
by us. Our city is going to mm-hmm. recognize you. Get Our city plaque. is going to remember you. Get them a plaque. So, so, so I'm, <laughs> Give I'm, them to the key to the city. Like what they do. Like to me, listen, there's many ways to do that, Gerard. There's many ways. That's all I got to say. That's all I'm trying to say. Because soon oh. we're going to see Big Country be hung up there too. We're going to see like no, no, no. freaking, um, what's his name? Like we see, we see Siakam hung up there because he played with us for so long. Like, come on, guys. We're going to hang out, hang it out, purple ribbons. You were here for eight years. You, you get a jersey. You get a jersey. You like, no. I, again. You know, you know what? I think in Memphis, get remember, a plaque. we're speaking outside. <laughs> in Memphis, they are probably very beloved players. Okay. Well, I, I mean, if you're a Memphis uh, fan, let us know, please. I'm curious to know how they feel. Because, again, like, for me, right, like, DeMar DeRozan getting a jersey rafter hanging, um, I can wa- see why people say that because of the nine years. And, and like, remember, like, he was an all-star and all that stuff, whatever. Yeah. And, you know, whatever. I get that. I'm, I'm a Raptor fan. But I'm curious to know what um, people from Memphis think. But for me... Hmm. You know, I think ultimately, and I don't know if we can close this topic or, you know, we're going to keep going on it, but I think ultimately... I would say that this is more of a city-specific thing because, sure. I, like, Janelle, just now with you saying DeMar playing for nine years and whatever, like, it's mildly hypocritical to what you're saying about Zebo and, and Tony Allen that you can understand that being a Toronto fan. But then, you know, on the flip side, you can't understand how Memphis and the Memphis fan base would do this. But And, and I think the point there well, really well, well, is... For, well, for Toronto, right, like... I must say DeMar should get a jersey have hung. I don't I don't think he should get hung, to be honest. Like, I think she should be Kyle Lowry okay, first you're just before anybody. you understand it. You're just I, saying I, I get yeah, it. Yeah, so what I'm saying, I, I get it. All I'm saying is that, like, for Perfect. me, if I was Raptors, the first jersey I'm hanging is, is Kyle Lowry. <laughs> it's the first one okay. I'm hanging, right? Even Vince Carter, I love Vince Carter, but Kyle Lowry is a winner, and he was a legend. Vince Carter almost won. He almost got there. I think we can still honor Vince Carter and DeMar in a different way. But I just think, like, hanging a jersey rafter is for, like, you know, winners. That's just my perspective. But I get why some of the Memphis would think that because people in Toronto do think DeMar and Vince. So I understand it, being from Toronto. But looking from the outside in, it's like, okay. Thank you. For, yeah, it does, thank it you. doesn't impact us if no. they if they hang hang it or not. Like, if, if we do that for Vince and DeMar or anyone, I don't think anyone in any other city is impacted. Like, you know, they may care a little bit or not. Like, who cares? Just, yeah. I feel like this is something that will blow over if Memphis, when Memphis does it, it's like, okay, great, they did it. But I think in Memphis, that fan base, those yeah. people there are really going to get, you know, behind this and really appreciate and enjoy it for, for those guys. Mm-hmm. So, so what I say is that this is a marketing ploy, right? It's for marketing? <laughs> it, hey, it could uh, be. My, it, my it could be. Because, no, you know what I mean? Be, it could I'm, I'm, like, I'm curious to know, know if the marketing is a way to get people to come to more games. I don't know. I'm just asking. Well, it, I, it's not even about more games. You might just be n- nailing the head on players coming to play in Memphis. True. And like, because if, if I know I don't necessarily have to win, like the bar is kind of low here. I don't, <laughs> I don't have to win, but my jersey can go up. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'll come and hoop, hoop a few seasons. I'll, I'll give it my all. Okay. Well, sometimes you got to make the fan base happy. And I'm pretty sure in Memphis, those two are very popular and very well-respected people. So, um, yeah, I just want to shout them out. Just the fact that, uh, you know, that's a very untraditional route yes. uh, 
to to retire. And I think, you know, in today's day and age, you're trying to build a culture. It's a very good look. Um, with Paul Pierce, um, he's someone who's, he's already has his in the rafters in, in Boston, right? I, I don't if know. He, if he doesn't, he should. I know he's got that Hall of Fame bid coming up. He's a Hall of Fame bid, def- yeah. But I'm not sure yeah, if you're so. hung up. But, oh, okay. Well, yeah. we know for sure he should be up in there. Definitely. He yeah, will he eventually get up there, up there yeah, yeah. in Boston, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so there Winner. was... <laughs> Paul Pierce has had uh, he's we, we, we know about what's going on with uh, ESPN and um, how he lost his gig there he got fired he got fired for him he'd be so nice okay. he lost his gig. <laughs> he got fired for him ESPN said you want to have you want to have dances pod IG live fired very correct. yeah he's like you know he got he got you know um, let go no for you got fired okay <laughs> alright so he got fired um now, so, and we all know the drama around it. Now, he's just come out lately, and he said, and this is a quote, I haven't done anything illegal. Um, these MFers in the Hall of Fame did cocaine. And, and <laughs> no, battery. Said, okay, so I'll read it. Because we was laughing at the statement, y'all. See? He's not even being, <laughs> yeah, okay, so, so y'all know, because he's in the Hall of Fame um, induction, you know, people are talking mm. to him again. So he's getting, you know, camera time. And you know when Paul yes. Pierce gets camera time, y'all, you know, it's going to be enough tea, right? Enough tea. So Paul Pierce is unapologetic. He, he does not care about ESPN. But, you know, he signed some NDAs. But what he did say was that when they asked him about, you know, his him leaving, as for him, let's say, him leaving ESPN, he said, come on, I didn't do anything illegal. These mother effers in the Hall of Fame, some did cocaine, effing battery. What the F did I do? I was just having a good time, which we all saw, Paul. We all saw that. Then he says, all the people coming after me, half you mother effer do the same S." H-I-T, you're just hiding it and you and you all are married while you're doing it. I'm divorced, I'm retired, I'm just having fun. Ooh. Then he said, listen, if I didn't make it with this class, it would be the biggest stiff job in Hall of Fame history. Then he continued to, to blab his mouth and said, I was done with them anyway. Them, meaning ESPN. He said, it wasn't a great fit. There's a lot of stuff over there that you, that you can't say. And you have to talk about LeBron all the time. So, lot. let's unpack this. Um, Sherrard, your Tell thoughts? Tell us how you really feel. Wow. <laughs> like, yo, honestly, if Pop, if Pop gets the TV wow. show, it's going to be really aggressive and toxic. But, um, <laughs> um, no, because he's... Paul's going to choose violence every episode. Um, so yeah, I think he might get yeah, a TV yeah. deal. No, I think, like, oh, this guy is so spicy. Ew, you know what I mean? But um, your thoughts, Sherard, like LeBron, the LeBron type of job, the Hall of Fame, if they didn't have had him inducted, and ESPN. And also he yeah. called out other players and said half of them did cocaine and, bad- and did battery. <laughs> the, the word unpacked is so key here because this is a lot. And... I've tried over the years, I promise you guys, I've tried to defend Paul Pierce because I feel like this younger generation doesn't really understand how good he was. And, you know, he's a Mm -hmm. really good player, great player even. And, you know, like they they just talk about him with such disrespect. And it's like, guys, like you don't know 
this this man did work in this league but then you you get these examples you get to to this version of Paul Pierce and it's just like uh, and I'm not saying that to say that all of this stuff that he's saying is completely negative but like Paul come on man like try a little bit the 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 you know this will be the worst um snub job in Hall sir kindly like there's arrogance and then there's Paul Pierce. No, it wouldn't be the worst ever. Like there's been worse than you, sir. Like it, you know, it's not it, it's not that that crazy. And you know, like just focusing on the stuff he's he's addressing the other players that are the haters are taking shots at him or whatever. You know what, Paul? It's kind of dry snitching ish kind of. You're you're the snitch. But, but I'm also not mad though. I'm also I'm also not all the way mad because there's nothing in life more annoying than somebody that's gonna talk about what you're doing when you know, like you you're saying you're talking you man like you you're had talking. a whole ring, you had a whole wife at home, and you, you was you was doing a lot, brother. So you know, just relax. Don't don't talk about me over here. Just just calm down. So <laughs> I get all of that. But Paul Paul is doing a lot. He's saying a lot. Um, from a basketball perspective, taking it's like if if you can separate the person from the player, like you know, if you could do it that way, let's get this guy in the Hall of Fame. He was great for the league. He's a champion. His jersey should be up in Boston. If if that, that hasn't happened yet, let's make that happen. All of those things. But the ESPN stuff, the commentary, it's, it's just out there. Now, this little bit that he said about working at ESPN and the LeBron stuff. Now, oh, I, 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 think, I think like that can, you know, just to focus on that alone can take a lot to impact. But when you really understand what the media is and, and how sports media works, mm-hmm. like those are also things that shouldn't phase you as much because at the end of the day, ESPN is a business. And if LeBron sells, we're going to talk about LeBron. I don't well, care LeBron's what you like, most, Paul. But you know what? But you know what like, like LeBron's the most Googled athlete in the NBA. Like that, listen, y'all, that's just metrics. Like that's just ESPN right. having the algorithm work for them. Uh, yeah. that's, that's, what, that's what they're doing. <laughs> you can't be you can't be mad at that. Like, and I no, no one's googling Paul Pierce, is, <laughs> right? I th- I feel like Paul is coming with this energy where it's like I want to be real and I want to like you got to go somewhere else and do that. Start your own <laughs> podcast and talk. All he stuff should, you and I think talk. I think he is real as you want to be. I agree. Paul should start his own podcast, but is he disciplined enough? I don't know. I think like he's very all over the place. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if he's so Paul Pierce. Um, some people make a great transition from the court to the, I guess the media yeah, aspect. Yeah. <laughs> Can't say Paul Pierce has made that greatest uh, transition. You know, I can think of a lot of players. Uh, Jalen Rose, one particular, even Chris Weber. I mean, uh, you know, there's been people who've made that transition over. I just, Paul Pierce was one that never really struck me as one that um, has, even Draymond Green, like love him or hate him, when he's on TNT, he's, he's not bad. He's pretty good. Um, Paul Pierce never, he just struck me as just that, that odd, like, the he, he had a lot of drunk uncle takes, you know? <laughs> 
like a lot of things I just shake my head like what are you talking about so um anyway best luck to, to him in this I don't what do you say Nellie J just to add some context as well because I did read that apparently before the exotic the the, the exotic dancer because you know what I called them strippers last time and someone's like they're not called strippers they're called exotic dancers I'm sorry y'all okay we gotta be <laughs> So exotic dancers, apparently they said um, ESPN didn't ask for an apology, but Paul Pierce's agent wanted him to apologize when it happened. And he told his agent, no, I ain't doing that. But apparently Paul and ESPN already had a bad relationship. It was already kind of going downhill because Paul hated to travel um, and he didn't like the ne network executives. <laughs> mm -hmm. And also the executives there didn't think he was really working hard enough. And so I guess that like, the video with the exotic dancers was like their last straw. So it wasn't like he got fired right. for only that one thing. It was already mm -hmm. going downhill yeah. and that was just like the end of it for all of him. So, right. um, so yeah. So anyway, he's, um, too, he's too raw for TV. For, um, for I TV. just think like Paul Pierce, you know, um, as a player, I thought he was someone, someone asked me, you know, who is the most, uh, like, like, um, we call it like, you know, like, um, smash, smash talk, you know, like, you know, like talker, mm -hmm. right? Or, or like, who's the biggest villain in the NBA? And to me, it was Paul Pierce. I thought he was the biggest villain for me. <laughs> and the reason why is because I felt like he always talked the most trash, always up in his face. Like, you know, he's like that bad boy player, right? But I feel like that personality is now what he's doing on TV. And it can't really work. Because on TV, you have to know how to play the bad boy on camera, but off camera, you got to be respectable. You got to be this. And I think Paul Pierce, that bad boy or that villain, is who he is as a person. <laughs> so when you're that person <laughs> as a person. <laughs> so what, so because, because you're a villain in basketball and in person, who's going to want to hire you? Right. So right. if I'm Paul, Paul Pierce, I'm going to look to invest my money in some stocks and live off that life because I don't know who's going to hire you for any network position because he, he can't work on and off camera. He can't do it. He's a villain right. forever. He's that villain. So it's like, so like what um, Sherrard said, get a podcast, Paul Pierce, talk your shit. You'll probably get a lot of people tweeting because we probably hilarious and random and toxic, but Hey, you will get your attention, right? Mm -hmm. That's it. It, it, it's, it. You're saying it's not a persona. That's just that's that's who, him. That's right? him. <laughs> he <beat> himself. <laughs> Listen, man, he's being himself. That's all I gotta say. That's hilarious. <laughs> all right. All right, Nelly J, let's go to For the Culture. For the Culture, we like to highlight individuals for the culture. And today, we get to highlight Mr. Chris Paul. Yes, y'all, Chris Paul, Mr. Phoenix, point guard, point god, uh, arguably top five PG of all time. Um, he uh, has partnered with uh, the Hall of Fame, um, uh, so the Battle Hall of Fame, uh, to, to give a four division to HBCUs some national spotlight. So the teams are going to be Morehouse College, Virginia Union, West Virginia State, and Winston-Salem State University. They will all take part in a two-day tournament in Connecticut called the Chris Paul HBCU Tip-Off. For the culture. Your thoughts sure. on this, y'all. Gerard, uh, go ahead, bro. I'll pass you this the ball. Is, this is just dope, man. Like, I, I feel like in recent years, there's been just this heavy push um, with HBCUs. Like, you know, some of these top 
ranked prospects deciding not to go to the top D1 schools, but go to HBCUs instead. And I, I feel like this is another push in that direction. And, and, I, and I think as much as it, it's this like heavy lifting being done, um, to, you know, to get behind HBCUs, I think in the, the, the simplest of terms, I think we would all dislike HBCUs to be recognized as top schools or prestigious schools if they have that acclaim. Like, you know, stop stop making them secondary or overlooked or, you know, things like that. And, and what Chris is doing, like, these are going to be nationally televised games. You know, the same way, like, you you watch the Final Four or, you know, the, the, the NCAA tournament on a whole. Like, this is dope as hell that, you you know, these guys are going to get some, some shine on TV. Their names are going to be out there. Maybe you even get a story about them as someone to follow. And it's just dope as hell. Shout out to Chris. I'm, I'm championing this. I'm behind this big time. It's just a really great look for, for the Black community. Michael B. Jordan, he has the same type of uh, event for HBCU schools uh, in, I think it's Newark, New Jersey, that just started. Uh, it's supposed to be starting this upcoming season. Um, it's great to see Chris Paul has his own. Um, what I do love about this move is the NBA during the pandemic has really um, tried their best to embrace the HBCU schools who have been shunned for a long time. Um, in regards to programs, uh, the Fab Five, as we know, um, imagine if instead of the one, say they didn't go to Michigan, right? Say they went to, say, Morehouse. You had five of the biggest high school recruits going to an all-black, uh, or sorry, historically black, um, school, um, media will follow, other field players will follow, and that's how you build the program, right? Um, I am noticing a trend of players um, now even seeing uh, these HBCU schools as an option, like Masterpiece Son um, going and playing for, I think it's Tennessee State, but it's an HBCU school. So um, I think it's right on brand and on time for Chris Paul to do this. It's great that he has the Hall of Fame behind it also. Um, so it's not just him, but he has the machine behind him. Um, if they can do this right, I don't see why within maybe even the next 10 years, uh, we can have a situation where programs are being built in these HBCU schools. And we can have more of these, because uh, remember, um, it, when schools do well athletically, it makes it easier for them to draw this academically also they can be a place to be also a place to be and um i think it's great to have them be a place to be so shout out to chris paul for this it's huge yeah and just to add to what you both said uh because you both made really good points um on top of that not only is it great for players it's great for black coaches <laughs> because we all know a lot of mm -hmm. these black coaches aren't getting opportunities in the professional leagues so we can now showcase uh, great coaching minds that are people of color at these schools, the program, because we know we've seen great college coaches get opportunities in the NBA, right? So this could also give opportunity for coaches and people of color, not only just in the NBA, in coaching, but in admin roles in the NBA, different positions. Like the NBA front office is like, I think it's like 90% white people. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And the league, and the league, and 95% of the players is black. So th this is going to help the entire sport of basketball. Um, and to top that, uh, you know, Chris Paul didn't go to an HBCU, uh, but he regrets it. He said, he said, if I can, if I can go back in time, he would go to one. 
So it just shows that, you know, by him doing this, it's going to give that young star who could be the next LeBron or Jordan or Kobe be like, you know what? I want to go to HBCU school. And when that player becomes a superstar, they'll Google, where do you go to college? HBCU. And that alone mm-hmm. is marketing. That alone right. is marketing. That alone is branding, like you said, building programs. That's everything, the smallest stuff. Um, right. So I'm going to quiz for him again. Sherard, I don't know if you want a question, but I'm going to quiz for him because I asked this question before. So for him to know the answer, okay? I want y'all to tell me how many HBCU schools are there? Oh. <laughs> Hard to. So, okay, Sherard, you guess first for him after because the answer for him, remember the answer, I told it to you already. So, Sherard, what's the n- number? Just Jeez. guess. 52. 52, okay. Pahim, um, you should know his answer, bro, because you were shocked. You were shocked the last time. <laughs> uh, I have, okay, let me do this. Um, I really, okay, I'm going to go with HBCU schools. I'm going to go with 45. Oh, man. You guys are both so off. It is 107. 107. Wow. Uh, <laughs> 107. 107. I think they said 56 is private. Hold on, let me get the number. So 56 is under private control and 51 is public. But 107, right. y'all. So there's a lot of HBCUs. So yeah. only four is being highlighted, but we there's so much more. And so this is going to help the entire 107 institutions of colleges and universities that right. are historically Black-owned. This is beautiful. Right. Beautiful. Well, because we know realistically university, it is a business in itself. Like, let's be real. Yeah. It is higher right. education, but it's a business. So it's good for business right now to be involved with, with Blacks. So Yes. Yeah. Hey, mm-hmm. like what Andrew said, pandering to the blacks. <laughs> yeah, pandering you know to the blacks. Pandering to the blacks, man. That's a new trend right now. <laughs> be, it, be, it a, be it a trend or not, like I, I, I just think it's one of those things where, you know, the recognition, it's it, the impact on some of these things may be so small now, like you can't even see it. Yes. And I, I use this example don't want to go way off topic but i use this example about drake like living in toronto because there's people who live in toronto that hate drake or whatever and everyone's entitled to their opinion but when you live in this city like it's hard to really see the impact he has on things happening in the city but when you really think about it like 10 20 years from now some of the opportunities that canadians have and i'm not even just talking about music and acting like it could be sports. It could be anything, right? Like, he may have a hand in businesses being open, opportunities like people he touched give, gives opportunities to, et cetera, right? So it's like that. that's where this is big. Like, Chris mm-hmm. Paul is doing this thing nationally, but the, the ripple effect trickling all the way down for years and years to come is what is really where the impact comes from. Yeah. very good point very love good point. that what a great way to end for the culture y'all mm-hmm. so that was nice. for the culture chris paul we appreciate you doing more for the culture and keep going hopefully we see other players because remember there's 107 schools there's like a right. score i think michael b has eight we need like 10 more tournaments <laughs> at least 10 more so i'm hoping we're gonna see more and more of this but this is great y'all so thanks mm-hmm. thanks chris paul i for him alas segment let's close this out let's go with that's absurd that's absurd for him bro what was absurd this week what was absurd
Terrell Owens. <laughs> the man wants to fight Donovan McNabb. Like and fight, fight? Give, like fight, well, fight? What do you yeah, mean, fight? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a quote he says. He said, <laughs> I'd knock the chunky suit. I'd knock the chunky soup for him in 2004. Trust me. Okay, unquote wow. and <laughs> absurd. Now, so it, to put it in context, it's not like uh, Owens. It's not like Tio wants to run up on McNabb like on the street, like on site, and start fighting. No, I think in the context is we're seeing celebrities get into boxing, like Jake Paul's fighting. Um, you know, MMA guys. Um, Oscar De La Hoya is supposed to be fighting. Like, I mean, we're t we're seeing boxers. Boxing is turning into entertainment very much now. So for them to have a night of two professional athletes nowadays in boxing, especially over the last year, it's not, it's not unheard of. So I think that's in context he's saying. I think he wants to get maybe on the undercard for one of these fights, and he wants to fight Donovan McNabb off of the beef that they have from 2004. So, ju so just to add some context, y'all, these guys are f NFL players. Uh, they play in mm. the NFL. Mm. Um, one's a wide receiver and one is a quarterback. Um, mm. I'm not sure their height difference at all, anything like that. But I'm just curious to know, can we fight? Like, I, 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 can, can Terrell Owens actually fight? Because playing football doesn't mean you can fight. You could tackle. But I don't know if I want to see a McNabb fight, uh, Terrell Owens. Because, yo, hence why, right? If you watch Lamar Odom, Fought that, that 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 little skinny white boy. <laughs> was it one of the Carters? Was it? Uh, yes, was, he fought not the, Nick Carter, but was it the brother? It was one the of them. Brother. Anyway, okay, yeah, okay. Lamar Odom fought the skinniest white kid I've ever seen <laughs> in a ring, and I was like, who who put this together? So <laughs> I just and like Lamar, even Lamar Odom, like his boxing form was trash. Like I I'm a better form than Lamar Odom. So because I like mm. boxing, watching people fight that aren't boxers it looks really awkward so i don't know if i want to because i feel like we can't unsee it guys if this happens for him assured we can't unsee it right your thoughts sure. I've, I've been literally snickering through this, this entire introduction I, I like i'm snickering because it's like it's wild going from this really high point to chris paul doing great things to terrell, terrell and just being terrell owens but what makes this awesome and funny is this the word petty like right. i think as human beings we love a good petty person at times and this this is peak petty right like you know you're you're having a conversation about celebrity boxing and it's like oh man like i i would love to get in the <laughs> ring with that guy and it's like you know who tio is talking about you know you know where he's going with this um right. to your point janelle like we're we're getting and and this is money we say money is the root of all mm -hmm. evil so that that kind of comes with it where boxing is turning into you know this kind of i won't say comedic but like it's money right money is dictating a lot of what's happening because these guys are looking at like the mma guy that just fought jake paul the other night like you know, you've been oh, yeah. fighting for Dana White and like legitimately Woodley. fighting and mm -hmm. getting, yeah, Tyrone, Tyrone Woodley. And you're getting hammered. All these things are happening and you're getting a fraction of the cost for one fight with this Jake Paul guy. Like, mm -hmm. why would I not do that? And that, that's kind of where the world is headed, where it's like, if I can get a bag, I'm going to take a bag. And if I'm Donovan McNabb, whether I believe I can beat T.O. in a fight or not, 
what what is that what does the bag look like because if it's looking kind of right and janelle forget the boxing aspect think about terrell owens and donovan mcnab agreeing to fight those so. guys are gonna get paid okay like this, <laughs> this is year the man said i will knock the the, the chicken soup out of you for 2004. <laughs> like son, yeah that's a like, long time this, this to have a beyond pet because we remember Donovan Donovan McNabb's Campbell soup commercials. We remember right. that. You know right. what I mean? So you 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 say, you know, a beef from 2004 all the way to 21, we're going to get these guys in the ring and they're going to square up. I'm going to watch it. I don't right. care how good or bad it is. I'm watching. Right. It's probably uh, uh, it's probably not going to be a a main event, but if it's an undercard for one of these celebrity matches, it's gonna like a lot of people are gonna tune in to see this. Oh, for um, sure. But again, Fahim, the thing, the, the problem though, right? Is if you lose this fight or get knocked out like Nate Robbins did, that is that is it for you. That oh, is yeah. it. Cause y'all, Nate, where where had Nate been? Where had Nate been? Like, mm. is it worth it? That's all I gotta say. Because right. if you can't box and you get knocked to F no, out, but I think Nate was below Janelle. Nate was already <laughs> on the ground. He's trying to get it. <laughs> He's just trying to come back. <laughs> So Tio also said, he's, he said, um, this is a quote, I'm not washed up. Once you know how to ride a bike, you know, and you don't forget how to ride that bike. And that's him speaking on him wanting to return to the NFL this year. Um, apparently he, he's 47 years old. His, um, his body's in great shape and he feels he has what it, uh, what it takes to play right now in 2021. By him saying that, um, I can't say the same with Donovan McNabb in 2021. For some reason, I have a feeling he's not in anywhere close to game shape. So for they if they were to come into the ring, I'm going with To wins that fight. How about uh, how about Donovan you? Donovan wasn't close to game shape when he was playing in the league. Exactly, <laughs> Donovan was panting behind the line. Yo, what are you talking about? <laughs> Yo, Donovan was one ten bit away, boy. Like he was, he was always a bit, uh, he was always a little bit, you know. Honestly, so um, who would you have? Who would you have in the match? I haven't seen McNabb in a long time. Like, like, mm -hmm. I haven't seen him ever. Like, is, is he on the internet? Is he on the internet? Like, <laughs> no, I, I don't think know. he's 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 doing. He's um, announcing and like he is yeah. commentating or he's something on he's one, of the, one of the networks. For, yeah. So. yeah, but um, yeah. Any I, any I got, takers? I got to. I, yeah, I to. Yeah, to losing to, <laughs> to Donovan. Donovan. I don't, Hold right. up, Donovan. I don't think me, he has a reach. For, but but for me, it depends on um, height and weight. How much taller is McNabb? Because of course he's he's taller than Terrell, right? How much taller is he? Um, okay, tell you what, you pull up uh, Terrell Owens. I'll pull up. Okay, Donovan so McNabb. I actually I just saw it. So so Terrell mm -hmm. Owens is taller than Donovan McNabb. Well, he's done. Yeah, sorry McNabb, but McNabb is, is is about is about six pounds heavier than him. Um, Hold on, that's probably their playing weight. <laughs> now yeah, let's no let's weight. let's no. go to the buffet well, weight, weight after on... post career. And uh... I'm not sure. It's just showing. <laughs> You're so rude. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> disrespectful guy. That's playing so, weight. You know, okay. what, let, let, let me be politically correct. I am not fat shaming. I'm all here for big Yo. people. <laughs> Yo, I can't believe yeah. please like probably his playing weight. Let's look up his current weight. I don't know if they track that. Post, let me see. Up, let me. Okay, I'm pulling up current now. So current, yeah. So in terms of height, um, they're both six feet. Mm. Both six feet. I think, but but Terrell, I think it's one or like a quarter of an inch taller than McNabb. 
um, right. and in terms of weight, uh, sorry, y'all, give me weight, but it says here that uh, professional career, I, I, like, I don't know what their weight is now. Mm. I doubt their weight until now, but um, I would say if Terrell is in good shape, I've seen before, McNabb, um, uh-huh. I don't know, y'all, like, Terrell, he talks a lot. I don't know. I don't know. I'm a, I'm a go McNabb. I'm a go McNabb just because. You're gonna McNabb. Yeah. Okay. Well, Janelle, Janelle just sounds like she wants she wants to see someone shut To up. Like. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Talking a lot. Let's just go with McNabb mm-hmm. just because. Cause I think because To is talking so much and McNabb hasn't. That to me is kind of sexy. Like when a guy's talking at you all the time and you're just like sitting there like okay. Talk, talk so much. Mm. Talk some more. You know, he's a mm. quiet assassin, McNabb. I feel like he would knock him out and walk off the court quiet, so the ring quite like he talks a lot. I don't know, like guys, who, like right. men who talk a lot. I'm just like, is it all? Is it all bite and, and no bark? Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't know. I don't know. Well, all I gotta say is, you know, Trilla's gotta make it happen. Whoever get these guys on the undercard, Yo. let's make it happen for and real. And if they do it, we need Snoop Doggy Dog commenting <laughs> that fight. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna need Snoop on the mic that night. Okay, <laughs> my only request. All right. <laughs> All right, let's put this episode in the books. Woo, y'all! That was episode fifty-seven. That's right, fifty-seven. <laughs> I'm like five, seven, five, <laughs> seven. Um, so Sherrod, as you know, we love to give our guests a chance to do a shout out. So the floor is yours. Oh, my shout out. I'm I'm going to shout out all the teachers is who I'm shouting out. Godspeed to y'all. Enjoy them kids. I don't know, like take, <laughs> take, take, take a weekend if you want. Like, but, but all jokes aside, um, you know, it, it's been a tough year and I'm going to shout out teachers because the, the job is tough. I, I got to see it firsthand during virtual school. It, it's a heck of a lot. So shout outs to them on, you know, what they're doing to, to keep our kids educated. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I got to shout you out because you're a parent and I feel like you guys are the, are the real heroes because you were working and teaching your kids at the same time at home. And actually we had a teacher on the episode, Shauna, who talked about how parents didn't know how annoying their kids were <laughs> until the <laughs> pandemic. <laughs> but they did it, right? They did it. So It's real. No, it's real. They right? don't lie. So I, I'm just very happy um, that, you know, y'all were able to do that. And I also want to shout out Elaine Hera Thomas Thompson, as you know, sorry, Elaine Thompson Hera, goodness, sorry, girl. Um, but she actually won her third in a row diamond title today. So the Diamond League, how it works, you do like a tour of, of eight different tracks around the world. And whoever has the most points accumulated gets paid some money. And they win a little trophy and she won it. So congrats to Elaine Thompson Hera. Not only is she the fastest woman alive at today, my girl won the Diamond League for the third time. The female Usain Bolt. So congrats to her. Fahim. I love that uh, outside of the Olympics, you're actually keeping track and field alive. I got By you, By me mentioning this because, you know, usually it's the Olympics. People care about the, the sprints and then they tune back in four years later at the next Olympics. So it's great to see that. <laughs> That you got us caught up to date in between and keep it, keep on doing it because that's well proper. I want to shout out Gerard once again, coming through, blessing us with this, uh, this pod tonight. Um, and let's put this episode in the book. Let's do it up. Episode 57. If y'all had a good time, if you enjoyed yourself, you know what to do. Subscribe, like, tell a friend to tell a friend. And of course, if you have any hot topic you want to touch on, 
please email us at goodrookiespodcast at gmail.com. Fahim! Enough said. We're there for wherever you need to find us. We're there for you on all platforms. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Let's get this movement going. That's Good Rookies Podcast, episode 57. And we out. Thanks, Gerard. Gerard. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey. I appreciate it, guys. This was awesome. Hey. <laughs>